A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, About the day and hour of the coming of the Son of Man, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For it is as if a man, going on a journey, summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. And then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, You wicked and lazy slave, you knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow, and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him, and give it to the one with the ten talents. For to all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave... Throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Gospel of the Lord The devastating moral at the end of today's Gospel is a difficult one to hear. It sounds like Jesus is praising a cutthroat venture capitalist approach to life. In 1968, the sociologist Robert Merton gave the name The Matthew Effect to this phenomenon that suggests that the rich get richer, while the poor get poorer. The standard reading of this story is that the talents symbolize gifts and abilities that God has given to us, and that God expects us to spend generously or invest wisely. This interpretation is supported by the fairly accidental relationship between talent in the ancient biblical sense and talent in ordinary English today. A talent in ancient times was a measure of something particularly weighty, usually silver or gold. 
Don't think of a talent as a coin that you put in your pocket. A single talent might represent as much as 50 pounds of precious metal. Think of a unit of gold kept at Fort Knox. A talent was weighty, and five talents was massively heavy. The contemporary reader will easily miss the connection to heaviness that the ancient Jewish reader would have caught immediately. In Hebrew, great wealth was called kabod because of its heaviness. But heaviness would have brought to mind the heaviest weight of all, which was the kabod Yahweh. That term was rendered in Greek as doxa and in Latin as gloria, both of which carry the connotation of luminosity, but the basic sense of the Hebrew word is heaviness, gravitas. God is weighty or majestic. And the place where the kabod Yahweh was to be found is in the temple of Jerusalem, precisely resting upon the mercy seat, which is flanked by the two angels within the Holy of Holies. Think Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Therefore, what was heaviest, most glorious of all, was the mercy of God, which abounded in infinite, inexhaustible abundance in the Holy Temple. From this perspective, the talents given to the three servants are not so much monetary gifts or personal capacities. They are a share in the mercy of God, a participation in the weightiness of the divine love. Even the servant with only one talent still had something weighty. The parable then speaks about the proper understanding of the mystery we are given, Since mercy is always directed to the other, these talents are designed to be shared. In point of fact, they will increase precisely in the measure that they are given away. The problem with the timid servant who buried his talent is not that he was an ineffective venture capitalist, but that he fundamentally misunderstood the nature of what he had been given. The divine mercy, received as gift, is meant to be given to others as gift. One thing you can't do is hold it to yourself. Buried in the ground thinking you will hold on to it actually leads to the loss of the gift. The master's seemingly harsh words should not be read as the punishment of an angry God, but as an expression of a spiritual physics. The divine mercy will grow in you only as much as you give it to others. To have the kabod Yahweh is precisely not to have it in the ordinary sense of the term. This is illustrated beautifully in the story of the prodigal son. The younger son says, Father, give me my share of the usia, which means living or substance or money that is coming to me. Notice how in one sentence the son manages to mention himself three times. The father gives away his usia, for that's all he knows how to do. But the foolish son squanders the money in short order. The spiritual lesson is the same. The divine usia is a gift, and it can be had only inasmuch as it becomes a gift for others. When we try to cling to it as a possession, it disappears. The one thing you can't do is cling to it or bury it. You have to spend it as liberally as God does. 
In fact, in the very next chapter of Luke, there's a story about an unjust manager who is called to give an account of his stewardship because it is about to come to an end. What shall I do? He says, I can't dig ditches. I'm ashamed to beg. Then he has an idea. He calls in each of his master's debtors and forgives some of their debt. Of course, they think this gift is coming from the master himself. The dishonest steward whom Jesus commends acted in much the same way as the servants who are praised in today's parable. The steward spent his master's mercy. He forgives things that he had no right to forgive. But that's the decisive action that he undertakes to redeem himself from a difficult position, hoping that he would get caught up in the rising tide of mercy that he unleashed. The third servant in today's gospel is afraid. Master, I knew that you were a harsh man. His fear paralyzes him and keeps him from living. In his Saturday Night Live monologue last weekend, Dave Chappelle captures the feeling of the third slave who is controlled by fear. Chappelle acknowledged the pain of folks who are on the margins and feel left out. But the difference he names involves the response to that feeling. Believe me, he said, I know how that feels. Everyone knows how that feels. But here's the difference between me and you. You guys hate each other for that. And I don't hate anybody. I just hate that feeling. That's what I fight through. That's what I suggest you fight through. You've got to find a way to live your life and forgive each other. You've got to find a way to find joy in your existence in spite of that feeling.